assure someone here today that the Lord is specially in our midst this morning. And I pray that that which you have come here for, if you have come to meet with him, that you will meet with him in Jesus' name. Amen. That you will not live here the way you came in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us to be attentive. Be attentive to what the Lord wants to do in your own life. I will not miss my blessings today in Jesus' name. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 1 verse 5. The book of John chapter 1 verse 5. 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 If you are there, shout hallelujah. I read. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I'm sure many of us know that verse. We can say it. We may know the wordings. We may not be able to quote where it comes from. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended. The topic of our discussion this morning is the light shines in darkness. First morning, the light shines. In darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8 verse 12 that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but that shall have the light of life. That's John chapter 8 verse 12. In John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus Christ said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And does that mean he has ceased to be the light of the world? No. He still is the light of the world. He still is the one that transforms difficult situations. The Bible tells us that before Christ came into the world, the world was covered by darkness, both literally and spiritually, because of corruption and the influence of the devil. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Bible scholars make us to understand that between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, that God created the world. He created the world beautifully and wonderfully. But the devil rebelled. And when he rebelled, he was cast out of heaven. And he came into the world. And that's why the Bible says, woe unto the inhabitants of the world. Because the devil has come into their midst. And so that is what caused the void, the formlessness. But then God began to speak. Because in verse 3, the Bible says, And God said, Let there be light. And what happened? There was light. So as the world before Christ was void and formless, in like manner, a man without Christ is a man living in darkness. And that's why the Lord Jesus Christ made a pronouncement while he was here on earth. 
He said, you are the light of the world. Who is he talking to there? Who is the light of the world here today? He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. That's Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. So Christ came that you and I might be the light of the world. Christ came that you and I might be the light that shines forth into the world. And like we studied in our Sunday school this morning, Christ came that you and I might make the difference in the world. That we might be the, the ones that influence the world for God. But our topic is the light that shines in darkness. And the question I want to ask us this morning is, what does darkness signify? What does darkness signify? In discussing what darkness signifies, you are going to make up your mind today that which you want to keep and that which you want to let go. And I pray for someone here today. Whatever darkness followed you into this sanctuary will not follow you back home in Jesus' name. Whatever stands for darkness in your life, the Lord who is the light will dissipate today in Jesus' name. There is a man in the Bible that experienced what darkness signifies. In fact, he gave us a lot of insight as to what darkness does. And that man is the man called Job. The Bible tells us from Job chapter 3, Job chapter 3, Job chapter 3, from verse 4. Job began to make some pronouncements by virtue of his experience. He said, he was talking about the day, the day of his birth. He said, let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. He said, neither let the light shine upon it. He said, let darkness and shadow of death stain it. Still talking about the day he was born. He said, let the cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. Verse 6. He said, as for that night, let darkness seize upon it. He said, let it not be joined unto the days of the year. In other words, he is saying that, that that day or that night should be perpetual darkness. He said, let it not come into the number of the months. In other words, he's saying that day should be forgotten. He said, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Why was he saying all that? Because Job had an experience. And in the thick of, his, of, his, of what he was going through, he didn't speak against God. But he spoke against the day he was born. And in speaking against the day he was born, he began to address his desire that darkness should have taken over that day. So what did darkness mean to Job? Our topic is the light shines in darkness. What did darkness mean to Job? Number one, darkness is simply the absence or opposite of light. The absence or opposite of what? Of light. It can also mean evil in the place of good. And that's why in Job chapter 30 verse 26, Job made a statement. He said, when I look for good, 
Then evil came unto me. When I waited for light, there came what? There came darkness. So darkness signifies evil. If you look at your situation and it looks as if you are, you are running a race with evil on a continuous basis, the Lord will set you free today. Amen. Whatever stands for that evil, you will receive total deliverance from it today in Jesus' name. What did darkness mean unto Job? Number two, for Job, darkness was a loss of everything that he held dear. Everything that he held dear. The Bible says it got to a point that Job began to think that the darkness of the grave was better than any other thing because of his experience. Number one, Job lost his protection. Job lost what? His protection. In Job chapter 1, from verse 6 to verse 12, the Bible says, Job, I mean, the devil came before the Lord on a day that God had a meeting with his angels. And when the devil came in, God asked him, where have you been? Where are you coming from? He said, oh, I've been walking to and fro over the surface of the earth. And the Lord asked him a simple question. Have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man. He's a man in whom there is no guile. There's no evil in him. He eschews evil. In other words, he avoids evil. And Satan told the Lord, he said, does Job trust you in vain? He said, not because you have made a hedge about him, about his house, about everything that he has. You've blessed the work of his hands. And his substance is increased in the land. So, Satan noticed that God was with Job and God blessed Job. God will bless someone here today. And then Job said, I mean, Satan said, touch everything that he has and it will cost you. And the Lord said, all that he has, I leave unto you. But his soul, his flesh, his body, I do not give unto you. That was the beginning of Job's problems. He lost everything. He lost his protection at that point. If God had not allowed Satan, he would not have been able to touch anything that Job had. And I pray for someone here today that God will not answer the prayer of your enemies concerning you. Amen. Brethren, it's a very important prayer. I pray it for someone here again. I say, God will not answer the prayer of your enemies concerning you. Amen. And if you think it's only in the case of Job, remember the story of Moses. When they turned Korah and Abiram rose up against Moses, Moses made a pronouncement. He said, oh God, do not answer their prayers. If Moses could have said that, it means God could have done what? He could have answered. It would just be another temptation for Moses. I pray for someone here today. The temptation that will overpower you, you will not, you will not go through. Amen. That temptation that will make you to fall shall not cross your path in Jesus' name. Amen. Job's protection was taken away from him. That was number one concerning him. Next to that, when you go to Job chapter 1 from verse 13, downwards to verse 19, Job lost everything he had in sequence. Everything. When I read that passage, I noticed one thing. 
Verse 14 says, there came a messenger. That's how it started in verse 14. And then as you go on, after one messenger finishes, the Bible says, there came also another. In verse 16. In verse 17, there came also another. In verse 18, there came also another. And all these messengers, were they bringing good news? They were bringing bad news. One bad news after the other was released in the presence of Job on that day. And something else I noticed that there was always a messenger that would say, I only am escaped to tell thee. So all the messengers will die. All the goods will die. But one messenger will escape to come and give the bad news. Every messenger of bad news in your life, I silence today in Jesus' name. That one that has got no good news but bad news for you, I banish them from your presence today in Jesus' name. Job lost everything that he had. Then he lost his health. Because the Bible says when he lost all, his, all that he had, still he did not deny God. He did not say any evil thing against God. So number one, we said darkness signifies the absence of light. Number two, we said for Job, darkness signified the loss of his protection. Number three, for Job, darkness signified the loss of all that he had. And number four, darkness in the life of Job signified the loss of his health. The loss of what? The loss of his health. In Job chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 10, we see that there was another day that the Bible says the angels were in the presence of God. And on that day again, the devil came. And God said, you made me to allow you to touch Job. Do you see that he has not denied me? I pray for someone here today. God will testify of you. Amen. I say, God will testify of you. Amen. The man, the woman that God testifies of is the one that stands. Is the one that does not fall. Is the one that does not fail. God looked at the situation that Job was in. And he began to testify concerning him in the presence of the host of heaven. And the following, the ensuing result was that the Bible tells us Job lost his health. That was the next darkness in the life of Job. He so much lost his health that even his friends could no longer recognize him. That may not be your own situation. But the next implication of darkness in the life of Job was that Job was forgotten. He was what? He was forgotten of all that were there with him. All that were there with him. He became, a, I mean, an individual that was no longer relevant even among his, among his people. Number six. Darkness for Job 
became terror unto him. Verse 5 of the passage that we read, I mean, of, that we highlighted says, darkness terrifies. Darkness makes afraid. It got to a point in time that Job was afraid to even sleep. And I know there are one or two people here today that are afraid of sleeping. That terror of the night, the Lord will take away from you in Jesus' name. Whatever stands for that terror, God will approve for your life in Jesus' name. What was darkness unto the situation of Job? In Exodus chapter 10, verse 22. Exodus chapter 10, verse 22. The Bible says, Moses stretched forth his hand towards heaven. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. This was darkness that was very fearful. It was darkness that ensured that people could not see themselves. It was darkness that was oppressive. Whatever stands for the terror of darkness in your life, God will approve today in Jesus' name. What was darkness in this situation? Darkness implies the shadow of death. Darkness implies what? The shadow of death. Job was in a situation where it looks as if at any point in time, death was around the corner. Death was around the corner. Job chapter 12 verse 22 tells us, He discovered deep things out of darkness. He bringeth out of light the shadows of death. It implies for him the shadow of death. But Psalm 23 verse 4 tells us, so though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they do what? They comfort me. God will stand by you. As God was with the psalmist, he will stand by you. His protection will avail for you in Jesus' name. Darkness is a lack of direction. Darkness is what? A lack of direction. In Job chapter 5 verse 14, the Bible says, They meet with darkness in the daytime and grope in the noonday as in the night. In other words, even daytime for them is like nighttime. They see nowhere to go. And if you are here today, you are missing that divine direction. God will intervene in that situation in Jesus' name. The light of God will shine upon you in the name of Jesus. Finally, darkness is a lack of sight. A lack of sight. In Job chapter 22 verse 11, the Bible says, Or darkness that thou cannot see, an abundance of waters cover thee. It got to a point that the Bible says, the wife of Job came unto him and said, do you still trust God? Do you still believe in God? Why don't you curse God and do what? Curse God and die. But Job made a statement and that is very important. He said, that's in, in, in uh, Job chapter 2 verse 10. He said, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. He said, what? 
Shall we receive good at the hand of God? Shall we not receive evil? And the Bible makes it clear, in all this, did not Job sin with his own lips. It got to a point that he had a, an encouragement. Cross God and do what? And die. It's better you die than all these things you are going through. But it's in the same book of Job that the Bible says, there is hope for a tree when it is cut down. Because what will happen to it? It will sprout. And I want to tell someone here today, there's hope for you. I said there's hope for you. You will yet spring forth. You will yet celebrate. You will yet rejoice in Jesus' name. For adventure, if he had obeyed his wife and he had cursed God, maybe he would have died. But the book of Job would not have been in the Bible today. But he realized that whatever he was going through was only for a season, in spite of all the implications of the darkness around him. That's why the Bible says, weeping may endure. For how long? For a night. But joy comes in the morning. And your joy is around the corner. I said your joy is around the corner. Your daybreak is here in Jesus' name. Want to enjoy someone in our midst today? Don't speak like one of the foolish women. Don't speak like one of the foolish people. Whatever you have gone through, whatever you are going through, whatever signifies darkness in your life and situation, that should not make you to turn against God. That should not do what? It should not make you. God, brethren, we change. But God doesn't change. That's why the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We can change. Men do change. You could see someone you, you met yesterday, and today the man is different. Is that not so? There are some things that our husbands will do. And the wife will say, is this my husband? I'm sure one or two women will, will bear me record here. And there are some things our wives will do. Now the, the husband will say, is this my wife? I know many more men will bear me record. More than two. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because human means change. But brethren, God does not change. Whatever the Bible tells you about God, whatever God did 2,000 years ago, He still does. He still does. He is still the same God. And He will avail for you in Jesus' name. Don't speak like one of the foolish people. Because brethren, when Job held on to his integrity, when Job said, this darkness will pass, tell somebody this darkness will pass. When Job said, light will shine in my darkness. Tell somebody, light will shine in my darkness. There came a day, brethren, that the light began to shine in his darkness. Because the Bible says, the God of restoration came true for Job. Job chapter 42 verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his brethren. There came a day that Job stopped praying for himself and began to pray for his friends. And maybe that's what God is waiting for in the life of someone here today. 
that you should stop being obsessed by your problems. That you should just lift up your eyes and see what others are going through. That you should reflect and touch the life of somebody. And stop making your story me, myself, and I. Maybe that's what God is waiting for in your own situation. To just recognize that life goes beyond you alone. Do you realize how terrible the world will be if you are the only one in the world? Is that not so? If you were the only one in the world, the world would be dangerous. Because before long, you will kill yourself. So, the Bible goes on to say that the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Everything that he lost, God did not just give it to him. God gave it to him twice as much as what he lost. That's why I love that passage in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. That says, unto him that is able to do, how? Exceeding abundantly. Above all that we think or ask. According to what? According to that power that worketh in us. He is able to give unto you more than you ask. More than that, brethren, he is able to give unto you more than the enemy has stolen from you. He is able to give unto you more than you have lost. The God of restoration intervened in the life of Job. And the Bible says God gave him twice as much as he had before. And then look at what happened in verse 11. Then came unto him all his brethren. All those people that had forgotten him. All those people that have said, oh, forget about him. His own case is concluded. And I'm telling someone here today, they've concluded that you're, you are forgotten. That your case is concluded. But God is reopening your case today. They have said that there is no way forward again for you. God is saying there is a way forward. That's what there is a way forward. They have said that you have gotten to the limit. That you've gotten to the zenith of wherever you can go. But the Lord is saying unto you, you are just starting. Yeah. Tell somebody, I'm just starting. I'm just starting. And God will take you to his desired height in Jesus' name. Yeah. Then came unto Job all his brethren, and all his sisters, and all they that had been of his acquaintance before. And they celebrated with him. Your celebration will soon arrive. Yeah. Someone here, this year is your year of celebration. Yeah. Not only will you celebrate, you will be celebrated. Amen. All those people that left Job, all those people that said, well, uh, we have tried, they came back. Not only did they come back, the Bible says they now began to comfort him and every man gave him a piece of money and everyone an earring of gold. In other words, whatever is owed to you, this is the year you'll get it back. Amen. Whatever any man owes you that they are holding on to, they are saying, no, I won't give it to him. This year, you will possess your possession. Amen. I said you will possess your possession. You will take it back in Jesus' name. God restored twice of all that he had. He had ten children before his affliction came. When the affliction was over, he had ten children. That's the only thing God did not multiply. 
And maybe God is talking to someone here today that 10 children are enough. <laughs> but until you get to 10, you are all right. <laughs> Amen? Tell somebody, don't be afraid. <laughs> it is well with you in Jesus' name. So in place of 7,000 sheep, God gave him 14,000. In place of 3,000 camels, God gave him 6,000. In place of 500 yoke of oxen, God gave him 1,000. In place of 500 sheep asses, the Lord gave him 1,000. And the Bible says he had a very great household. God ensured that his great household was not diminished. God wants to intervene in your situation today. And that's very important. Because he, he, Jesus is the light that shines in darkness. In first, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible says, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In other words, the only reason any man can reject the light of Christ is because the man, the woman, the person is already blinded by the gods of this world and the greed in this world. And what does the Bible tell us about that? We all know 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. It says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love the world, the Bible is saying the love of the Father is not in you. Who do you love? What do you love? Because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. The lust, that, that lust of the flesh is very important. They said beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The beauty we are so much concerned about that we so much pamper the body and not think about the spirit or the soul. The Bible says the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, your boyfriend that you think, oh, if he leaves you, you will die. And he's not the first one. Neither will he be the last. Because he will do what? He will live, and you will not die, but you will have died spiritually. Let not the God of this world blind your eyes. Why would you make up your mind that your future depends on a boy or a girl? Why would you make up your mind that your future depends on fornication? Why will you make up your mind that your future depends on adultery? It eventually becomes punishment that starts from this world. The loss of the flesh. The loss of the eyes. The pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. What is the most important thing in your life? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what? And his righteousness. It says, every other thing shall be added unto you. But you've turned that Bible verse around. Your, the number one priority in your life is dollar and pounds. 
The number one priority in your life is how much money you can get. Somebody was sharing the story of a rich man. I think it was the Jew that said it. A rich man that died. Very rich man. And one of his, uh, maybe servants or whatever, took a cane. The man was dead and began to flog him. Vanity upon vanity. When the man took the cane and was flogging the rich man, could the rich man respond? While the man was alive, could that man move near him and do that? It's just the vanity of it all. And many of us, our priorities are wrong. No matter how long you live on earth, it's nothing compared to eternity. But the way many of us are running our race on earth, eternity is, I mean, eternity with God is not an option. The way many of us are running this race, we are in a position where God will say, depart from me. For what? I know you not. Even though you say, oh God, I did this for you. Oh, I did that for you. You say, oh no. You are a worker of iniquity. I want you to ask your neighbor, are you a worker of iniquity? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Ask your neighbor, are you a worker of iniquity? Because if you are a worker of iniquity, you know the response on that day. Jesus will say, depart from me. I know you not. One songwriter said, say, how do you treat God? Like a G-O-D or like what? Is God your God or is God your dog? Is God first in your life or does he take the leftovers? Do we take care of God better than we take, I mean, of our dog better than we take care of the things of God? That's the question for you today. Because if your God is a dog, you know where you are going. If God has no prime of place in your life, you know what you are inviting. How do you treat God? Like a G-O-D or like a D-O-G? Those of us that have dogs in this part of the world, you know that it's not, it's, it's a very, it's not, how do I put it? The way you treat dogs, yeah, it's not the way you treat bingo. Where you, I mean, <laughs> it's not the way you treat bingo where we come from. Is that not so? You can give bingo your leftover Amala and Eba. You can't give any good dog here Amala and Eba. In fact, you find out that the dog food is more expensive than human food. And then we go a step further. The dog is well taken care of. But God, we have no time for him. When it comes to the thing of God, we have wonderful arguments. Brethren, your arguments are logical. But they don't stand before God. Because it is illogical that a virgin should conceive and bear a child. Is that not so? It's illogical. It's illogical that in order for God to save mankind, Jesus had to die. Is that good logic? So God is not here to argue logic with you. Your darkness can and will be terminated if you put God forth. You are the